0: Giving valuable time, mutual respect, alternative perspectives, and genuine collaboration. Welcome to ROG. Today, we continue our conversation with the CEO founder of Saxby's, Nick Bayer. Saxby's is a social impact company fueled by amazing food, beverage, and hospitality. Nick was just named one of the 100 most powerful leaders in Philadelphia. He's a force for good and supports education and opportunity for all. Saxby's is a certified B Corporation. B Corporations are a new kind of business that balance purpose and profit. They're legally required to consider the impact of their decisions on the workers, customers, suppliers, community, and the environment. Nick is dedicated to conscious capitalism with his focus on values, community, and service. Nick pioneered the Experiential Learning Program, ELP, the nation's first entirely student-run cafe where students can earn full academic credit and wages through a university cooperative education program. On our previous episode, we learned how they thrive by being true to their mission to make life better. To be intentional about their company mission, Saxby's has six core values. Nick shared about two of the six in part one. We are a community serving our community and serve yourself by serving others. We must not neglect self-care it's essential to care for ourselves in order to serve others. Thank you for joining us as we continue this conversation about their core values. Please enjoy and be inspired by Nick's passion and commitment to developing future leaders and how they can make lives better. We jump right in to the third of six core values at Saxby's.
1: Yeah, the, the one that that makes me think of is um, care personally, communicate openly. Yeah, it's, it's definitely one of my like, of my favorite ones because one of the things I like is like, I've never seen another company with any of our individual core values. I like the simplicity of them, but I like the depth of them as well. And that one is a really, really unique, not only Saxby's, but Nick Bayerism, if you will, care personally, communicate openly. What I essentially mean by that is we have, we all have a million things we can do with our time and with our work and our intelligence. When you choose to work here, we assume that you personally care about this business, our mission, the people that work with you. And because you care, you care so personally about this, that you're willing to spend your own time in your own association to work in this business, we have a pact with one another to communicate openly with one another. Most organizations, when, when you ask people, what's your biggest complaint about the company, they'll usually say communications. So I was like, you know, how can we turn that on a head? Because, look, I listened to my parents for 18 years complaining about communications at every single company that they ever worked for, you know. And I'm like, I don't, and I don't mean to sound altruistic, but I'm like, what if you, what if you turn that on a head? You know, what, what if you actually make that one of the things that you're going to be super open about? It? So what we've had to do, especially over the last three or four years, is we have to preempt people when they interview here. Like, you have to understand it. We'll give people, we literally give people this example in the interview process, and again in the orientation process, like. Most people say, I just want you to shoot me straight. Like just be honest with me. But the reality is is 90% of people who say that don't actually want it that way. So if you're part of that 10% who actually likes to be shot straight and you you get better as a result of that, this is an amazing place for you. Because we build in feedback loops very, very like every single 30 days, you know, and now with all this technology, we're finding ways to do it more often. And so in this, and they work in both directions. So this isn't me to everybody else down. They work in both directions. So every single VP at Soxby's, I can't unlock sort of their self-review until I've done their review. And then it's sort of like double blind and then we both get to see it. And so like, we are so diligent and we are so hyper-focused on the communication side of things yeah. and the positive and in the negative. And so you know, one of the things that we like to say to people is like, if you're just unhappy here, if, if it's just like, if it's too much, you're not getting promoted enough, we want you to go somewhere else. Not because we want to be rid of you, but because we want you to have joy. We want mm-hmm. you to have happiness. Life is too short to work a job or work on a company that you just don't drive. Sex is not going to be for everybody. It's just not there's no company that's ever existed it's going to be for anybody and so we have to really make that clear to people and then some people will leave in the first week or two They're like wow it is a little too intense for me like the, the amount of communication expected of me and given back to me is a little much like I need something a little bit more chill and that's great we are we are completely cool with that because we want people to be happy we want people to be joyful and And those that really want to have a successful career at, at Saxby's thrive because they get so much feedback because we communicate so so openly with such care. Mm. You know, we care about ourselves and our own reputations and about you as a fellow member of the Saxbys tribe.
0: Yes. You're really illuminating for me one of the reasons why you're so successful, and that is because the majority of performance management issues can be solved with two things. One is setting clear expectations and the other is effective feedback. So what you've described to us is I'm utterly clear about what my expectations are. Here they are in writing. This is what this means. This is what this looks like. And then here's how we're going to exchange feedback about what you do really well related to these expectations and what needs to improve. And then there may be some cases where this just isn't the right fit and that's totally okay. So that's what I want everybody to hear you saying is you're showing us how you do it but for them to think about how they can do something really similar, being painstakingly clear about what it is that you're looking for, and then that feedback loop. And you're right, it's a ton of work and investment, Mm -hmm. but you're saying it's essential for us to maintain this culture and to really invest in people.
1: It has to be innate and built into your culture. Because if if you are a culture-driven organization, your practice is what you determine in your mission core values. And so that's why we wanted to have it as one of like the six... Focal points of this business. And again, like things as simple as like we we work with integrity. You better work with integrity as a business. What do you do that's better than just have integrity for us? We care personally, we communicate openly. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, one of one of the things that we're talking about with some of our core value switch ups is something, something along the lines of like walk the talk, you know, is that like we we like to pride ourselves on not just saying things, but doing it. Like I'm I'm I love stoicism. And one of my favorite quotes of stoicism is, don't uh, speak the philosophy, be it. You know, it's like, it's great. You can talk about it all day. And it's really great that you can just say it really, really well. But what do you actually do? Yes. You know, when you when you do it as well, or God forbid, better than you talk it, that's where you have something special. That, yeah. That's where you have an organization that can compete against others, that can continually succeed, that can make a real impact in this world and hopefully be uh, inspirational to, to others as well.
0: Mm, excellent. Just before we leave the topic of feedback, for those who struggle with this, because most people do, what have you found is a part of your practice that you think is great wisdom to pass on to others who are considering creating a feedback culture?
1: That's like one of the trillion reasons why core values are so important. Not, not only do we have to do this to team members, but think about like the average Saxby's is an experiential learning Saxby. So it's run by a student CEO. So if you take um, Saxby's Millersville University in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, really busy cafe. So 50 students, undergraduate students are on that team. They report to a student CEO. So one of their peers, the student CEO for six months, takes no classes, gets a full semester of credit from Millersville, gets a salary and bonuses from Saxby's and manage uh, manages a team of 50 of her peers as full profit and loss authority. So not only do we have to teach him or her and all of their team members, like we as an organization give a lot of feedback, but then we have to teach 20-year-old Shannon how to then give feedback to her direct reports and her her direct reports to give feedback. And so the cheat sheet is right behind me, the core values. All of our feedback is given through the lens of core values. So when you've got Johnny Smith, who for the third time in a week, he was on the 6 a.m. opening shift and he shows up later than 6 a.m., we very calmly, uh, very sort of directly say, John, remember, you're supposed to be here at 6 for the opening team. Nick and Shannon are on the opening team with you. You know how busy it is to set up the cafe because we have to get ready for this barrage of guests that are coming in. How does it make their life better when you show up late and they have to do all that extra work? We, we hire emotionally intelligent people and John receives that feedback as, you know what? I think I've just bit off more than I can chew. I have late classes. Do you mind if I like pull back, maybe reapply in six months or, you know what? I'm just laying, like by speaking through our mission core values, we're not offending anybody. They know what they signed up for. They know what our mission core values are. And we're able to teach young people how to give effective feedback to their peers in these instances. And I I think that's one of the reasons why like our our experiential learning cafes, we have 50% lower turnover in our college cafes than we have in our non college cafes. And that turnover is significantly lower than sort of like industry standards. So we see pretty low turnover. And I think one of the reasons for that is we're good about who we recruit and who we sort of let into the gates, but then we deliver very consistent feedback through our mission core values. And look, I, I, I don't want this to sound like we're like the most perfect, amazing company. Like this had to be a lot of lessons learned. This had to be a lot of stuff that we didn't do well, you know, that we had to learn from. Like why were we losing people? Why were we had some good people, some people who didn't love being here? It was just lessons learned. But one thing we are is we're resilient and we're, we have humility in this company. And when we are, have problems, we will sit down, talk it out democratically and come up with solutions and put them to play. And I, and I think that's helped us really figure out who we are and caring, personally communicating openly, and having mission core values to 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 give that feedback through has been has just made the the world of difference for us.
0: I love that. And so, what you're talking about is the ELP, the way in which you've designed your locations that are on college campuses. Yeah. So, I mean, in many
1: ways, it's it's our bread and butter from our from our growth perspective. So, we have partnerships with over a dozen universities where um, students design and then exclusively run their own on-campus Saxby's, And in exchange, they get full semester of credit, they get wages, and then they get an unbelievable experience of having uh, the opportunity to run their own business. So again, through the Millersville experience, you know that's a company that's open 15 hours a day, seven, seven days a week. Uh, we serve over a thousand guests a day. So we serve the president, we serve board of trustees, we serve the police force, we serve Mom and dad, you know, bringing their prospective son or daughter to, to visit the school. We serve fraternity and the softball team, and we serve lots of them every single day. And it's done exclusively by 18 to 22-year-olds. And the student CEO comes into our office here in Philadelphia every month and presents their profit and loss statement to me and to my executive team, the same way that I do with my board. And so we're, we're teaching young people. What, what we like to say is we're, we're really teaching power skills, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, cultural agility. The things you can't learn in the classroom. You know, I was like, you're going to go to Millersville or Westchester or Penn State and they're going to teach calculus better than us. They're going to teach Chaucer, you know, better than us. But it's still really difficult, if not impossible, for the higher ed infrastructure to teach the other form of skills that are needed in this world, which are those power skills. So we've built this platform now that really sort of builds off the classroom experience and then allows students to be able to put that to play, to learn experientially. How do you actually go and manage others, You know, be community oriented, you know, they control their own budgets and their own donations, and then account for it from a dollars and cents perspective. And so you know, it's something that is incredibly, um, not just needed, but popular in higher ed. So, so it's, a, it's a platform, we call it our experiential learning platform, that's going to be growing pretty aggressively in, in the years to come.
0: That's terrific. That makes me so happy to hear because that has to happen more to equip young people with opportunities to learn these things and to try in a really safe environment and how that can affect their long-term career. I can't wait to hear the success stories of the individuals who've worked in your shops who have gone on to do other things and how that was so foundational. Many,
1: many, many, many stories of it. And we're just getting started.
0: Oh, brilliant. So tell us about embracing being odd. Yep, so we embrace being ODD
1: Embrace being different than anybody else. Again, we have young people, especially young people today where they think what they see on TikTok and Instagram is perfect and that they see these things on Instagram and TikTok that are not them and they're better than them for for that reason. And so we're really trying to teach young people that you're going to be happiest if you're proud of who you are. So we want people to bring their odd selves to work. We want people to look in the mirror every single day and say, I like what I see in the mirror, but we want you to be proud of who you are and bring that to work. Because if you're not, you know, we're not getting the best of you. You know, you're, you're less likely to be successful and be happy if you're not proud of who you are. So we want you to own your oddness, be unique. Don't try to be Nick. Don't try to be anybody else. own your oddness. But then it's an acronym you know, to, to skills that we're really looking for people to attain or at least hone and, and continue to get better at. The first is be outgoing. So we define outgoing at Saxons as being someone who likes other people. You don't have to talk as much as I talk to be outgoing. I think oftentimes that's, that's the misnomer. People are like, you just need to talk a lot to be outgoing. No, you don't. You have to be someone who is really a genuine lover of other people. Like my right hand, it's actually our SVP of strategy and systems. He probably says one one thousandth less words in a day than I do. That And it might be more actually. But you talk about a guy who people in this company will run through a brick wall for, it's Richard. Because he is such a genuine human being who is so thoughtful and will go out of the way for other people. That's how we define outgoing.
0: Wow. Richard, SVP Strategy and Systems sounds like an efficient communicator and amazing. When we come back, Nick will share what the Ds in ODD stand for and why we must embrace our oddness. Introducing the brand new QuadPod Podcast Network. We're adding new podcasts every day. Visit QODPOD.com and meet our podcasters. That's QODPOD.com. And we're back with more from Nick Bayer.
1: The first D is detail-oriented. you got to get the little things right. If your shift starts at six, you have to be there at six. If someone ordered a latte, you got to serve a latte. If cash handling procedures tell you to do this, you got to do that. You got to be detail-oriented. And, and the last D is disciplined, consistent. And you put that all together. We want you to be proud of yourself and own your uniqueness. We want you to love other people, get the little things right all the time. We're not asking you to have the highest GPA. We're asking you to memorize a million different things. We're asking you to do those things every single day. If you can embrace your oddness, you're going to be successful in life, whether that's here at Saxby's or someone else. And, and again, that's what we're teaching. We, we realize the majority of people who get to don the Saxby's uniform aren't going to spend the rest of their career here. This is not IBM. This is not Google. You know, those, those are mature, late-stage businesses where you're hiring people who are looking to stay somewhere for a long time. We are most people's first employer. And so I think that we're doing ourselves a service. We're serving ourselves by preparing them to be great most likely somewhere else, you know, later down in their careers.
0: So brilliant. And, you know, all of the research on belonging, you know, for diversity, equity, and inclusion, and we're talking about how really what that means is belonging. And all of the research shows that in order for us to get the benefit of inclusive environments is that people need to feel like they belong as they are, as odd as they are.
1: It goes back to where a community, like you, you have to feel like you belong here. Every like every CEO anywhere is going to be like, I just want everyone to feel like they belong. Well, if, if that's the case, and put it in your core values. Make mm-hmm. sure you walk the walk every single day. You know, and so like the things that are most important to us, we put into into our core values. You know, because it becomes very easy for someone to be like, Nick, we're a community serving our community, but we're only white men in the company. You know, like mm-hmm. that's not you know that's one community. We're not serving a whole lot of other communities. Fortunately, most of this company does not look like me. You know, mm-hmm. like I can't do anything about my. The fact that I'm a male and that I'm white, like I can't do anything about that, but I can do something about the fact that we're going to be inclusive to people who are very, very different than me. And, I, and I'm proud of what we've accomplished thus far.
0: So then we've got profit creates opportunity. So for those who are very profit minded, for those who think, well, the reason why you would start any business is to be profitable, well, sure. But tell us about how you combine those two things, profit and opportunity.
1: Yeah. You know, again, I, 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 I don't like when there's like the elephant in the room with values. Like I see too many places that have like single word or just very bland um, values. Like if you're a for-profit business, doesn't making money, like isn't isn't that core to what you're supposed to do? And so I wanted to put that front and center. You are like we've got a lot of young people who come into Saxby's who think business is evil. Cause they don't they don't know better. You know, like they they just simply don't know better. They're going off to college or they saw. Yeah, Their parents worked for a bad employer who just treated them like numbers and got rid of them, which I saw. So again, we feel like we've got a responsibility, not just to ourselves to run a healthy healthy business, but for the greater good of society, that most people are going to go somewhere else. And if we can teach them not all businesses are bad, that's important. So we want to put profit front and center. But what profit allows us to do is to grow. And we are a, we, when we grow, we provide people opportunities that otherwise don't exist. There's no other business, Shannon, none, zero other businesses that have anything like our experiential learning platform. There is nowhere an 18 to 22 year old can go and run their own million dollar business and learn how to manage 50 of their peers and have full penal authority, no one. And guess what? The business professionals like yourself or John Fry, the president of Drexel or Delilah Wilson Scott, the chief diversity officer or Comcast, ask them what they think of our experiential learning platform. They say, I can't wait to hire a graduate to that program. So we are preparing people to go be great in the real world and be happy with what they do. So we are providing people with really important differentiating opportunities. We can't do it if we don't run our business profitably. If we run our business at a loss, that great opportunity that is changing young people's lives goes away. So we want to put it front and center. Look, guys, the reason why we make you go in there and present your profit and loss statement when we talk about... Cost of goods sold being two percentage points too high. Two percentage points on a million dollars is $20,000. It's a lot of money. We need to be very efficient and productive because when we make that extra $20,000 across 40 cafes, guess what we do? We open a lot more cafes. We employ more student CEOs. We bring more people out of homeless shelters. We do better for the world as a result. And so that's why profit creates opportunity is is important to
0: us. Yes, I so agree with that. And it's important to be transparent and to own it and say, this is what we're capable of doing if we can sustain this, grow this, and give everybody a reason why it makes sense to be profitable and smart about how you're running your business and who you're hiring. The yep. last but not least, to close it up, this is a perfect close, is the live with pride, passion, and purpose.
1: Yeah. The, the triple P's, as everyone refers to them um, you know, here at, at Zaxby's, you know, Our first um, iteration of that, which we had for a couple of years, was actually we work with fried passion and purpose and you know a long time team member of ours I, I hired her right out of uh, st joe's university she was a superstar soccer player there she did 47 different roles for us at saxby's now she's this celebrity soul cycle instructor um you know she's like a, she's in the saxby's hall of fame i remember one one day she she called me up after a team meeting and was like nick why does why does that core value say we work with fried passion and purpose like we we talk about being bringing our whole selves and like Taking you the Mission Core Values through your entire life, not just when you're, quote unquote, at work. And I'm like, that is so obvious and such a great point. So work came down and live went up. Like we want people that live with pride, passion and purpose. Again, we want you to embrace your oddness. Not when you put the Saxby's hat on. Not when you come into Saxby's HQ. We want you to love yourself every single day. You know, knowing that we're not perfect. Like we're not the four Ps. We're not looking for, for perfection. But we like... You know, pride, passion, and purpose is very, very, it's, it's central to who we are. And you know, one of, one of our favorite interview questions or the first interview question we usually ask people is like, what's something you're passionate about? They, they can literally tell us drawing unicorns, but as long as we see like passion in their eyes and they talk to us about how drawing the perfect unicorn and how they can draw them over and over and they can color them. Like when we see that light bulb go on and we see that energy, we know that they, they have passion for something. And so we just want people to, to live with passion, you know, and we want them to be prideful of who they are and and to know where your, your purpose is. And if your purpose sort of intersects with what we're trying to do at Saksby's, we're going to be an awesome employer, you know, like, and, and you're going to be an awesome team member for us at Saksby's. But, you know, some people, we're, we're just not perfect for everybody, you know, but we, we want people to live with the, the triple P's.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. Take that to heart. That's something that all of us can... Learn from, grow from, and challenge ourselves by, you know, how well am I living my passion and my purpose? And you know, sometimes those words are hard for us to even understand. like, whoa, I have to live with passion. It feels overwhelming. But for you to say, just what are you excited about? What gets yep. you out of bed in the morning? What What kind of difference do you want to make? What population of people are you drawn to serve? Like what can we do for them? Right. Right. I like that also about that looking in the mirror, Liken that reflection saying, you know, I'm made on purpose. I've got talent and strengths. So how can I put them to good use? So, your favorite mantra or life motto is that the world happens for you, not to you.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think we all know this probably in our own experiences and certainly many people that are in our lives where there's always something going wrong for them. You know, there's someone being mean to them. Their boss isn't caring about them. You know, they're Car isn't starting. No one else is dealing with problems like the world is just sort of happening to them. But what I truly believe is the world's always happening for you, and it do, and it doesn't oftentimes work in ways that are super obvious or super immediate. You know, sometimes yes, sometimes you get laid off. I bet if you if you live your life with intentionality and you keep your antenna up, what you're going to fall into next is going to be better than that. And it wouldn't it wouldn't have presented itself if the world wasn't happening for you. And so. You know, every instance, and I've had like any other human being that's listening to this, we've all dealt with so many setbacks. And I, and I think that, and I felt prey to this, like for for probably the first 22 years of my life, I would drag all those setbacks behind me, like baggage. Like, why wasn't I born with money? Why didn't my family go to college? Why did I have to do all these things? And then once I realized, I'm like, how was the world happening for me? Like, I feel like I can overcome anything because that baggage I pulled to the front and is now my superpower. Yeah. You know, and so now I get just I get excited when things happen, you know, or whether it's good or it's bad, I like can't wait to unpackage it. And if it's bad, I know that there's a reason why it's bad. There's a there's something that's going to present itself and there's probably something I need to think about or do differently. And when it's good, I realize that like that's not going to always last forever. You know, it's it's the world happening for me now. But but you know, take um take pride in that it's happening for you now, but don't don't sort of like rest on your laurels. So I, I believe the world happens for you, not to you. And and the more that we can put that to practice, not just on the weekend, not just every other day, but in every instance of our lives, like I think we're we're gonna find the good in things and we're gonna be more resilient people as well.
0: Oh my gosh, yes, such profound wisdom for us to take in, especially now during this difficult time and right. think, how is this happening for us? How can we use this for good? And, and your whole life motto or the way that you model your leadership is about generosity and giving. And when we give, we get out of our head about what we don't have, and we think about how we can use what we do have for others. And that's yeah. something that we can all practice. So thank you, Nick, for investing this time and sharing your wisdom with us. It, it's truly been invaluable.
1: It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for reaching out, Shannon, uh, and speaking to me. It's like two two old friends being able to have a conversation. So thank you so much.
0: ROG takeaway tip, how we can apply what we've learned to our own work and lives. This is another one we're going to need to listen to several times to reap the rewards of this wisdom. One thing that we can all integrate into our own lives is to live our values. In my experience, most people think they know their core values but don't really. What are your core values? What do you believe in? The V in my book, Vibe, stands for values. The exercise I created is to help leaders figure out their own personal values and then their organization's values by coming in the back door. Ask yourself, what's something I can't stand? When it happens, I can't tolerate it, I must speak up and act. Then dig deeper and ask, What's the core value that I perceive is in conflict in this situation? One big one for me right now, anti-Asian racism. I cannot comprehend what is happening. Anti-Asian hate crimes have spiked 150% since the pandemic began. People of Asian descent have been living in the U.S. for more than 160 years and are targets of bigotry and hate crimes. Asian immigrants and Asian Americans have been dealing with violence and racism since before the Civil War. Thankfully, their voices are being heard. We're understanding the problem that we must fix. I'm incensed about it. It's not just wrong. It's immoral, unjust, and unacceptable. Why does this affect me so much? Well, in addition to it being outrageous and wrong, it's directly in conflict with my top three core values. Love, compassion, and you guessed it, generosity. What must I do? I must use love, compassion, and generosity to be part of the solution. How about you? What are the values most important to you? If you're not sure, ask yourself, what's intolerable to me? What must I stand up for? How do I want to be Write down the examples of the things that you can't tolerate and what you believe is beneath the surface. The word you choose matters. Choose words that make you straighten up your spine, inhale with righteousness, and know you've hit the core. Choose one, two, or three. If you must, choose six, but that's the max. Like Saxby says, we live with pride, passion, and purpose. What do you live with? What are you passionate about? Notice Nick calls it the triple P's. I so appreciate him saying that there's no fourth P, perfection. Please give yourself permission to be imperfect too. We're all on a journey to make life better. And lastly, the world happens for you, not to you. How is the world happening for you right now? Live your life on purpose. Focus on your core values. Until next week, stay odd and generous.